This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Ross with Longley Fertilia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy. It's a zit, basically, but it's like a clog pore, like right here under my eye, and that thing freaking kills. Killing you? It hurts. Like I went to go scratch my eye just now, and I'm like trying to <laughs> work around it, and I can't. It doesn't it doesn't matter because this is THP episode two hundred and four, which is brought to you by Steve Snake Shrine's Venom Hot Sauce. Check it out. Get the whole set. Collect them all. Uh, if you get these hot sauces from Steve, you're helping him with his snake juary, which in- involves uh, taking in sick or unwanted herps that people have, have taken on and maybe couldn't handle, or maybe they just decide that it's just not their thing anymore. Um, I think he recently got a Savannah monitor and a, another ball python that were kind of in rough shape. So kind of been watching that. Um, but he also does a ton of public education relocations, uh, removals, all that good stuff. So go grab his hot sauce, stevesnakeshwary.com. There's a handful of them for you to try. They're all really good. We like the cottonmouth sauce. That's that's our favorite, personally. Uh, and then blackboxcages.com. You need a rack. You need a cage. Blackbox has the best of the best. You cannot go wrong. Whether you're getting a rack or if you're getting a cage, they are top-notch across the board. We fully vouch for them. We all have some of their stuff. We all love it. Use the code THN at checkout. Save yourself a little bit of money. Shipping's crazy. If you happen to be in the general southeast region, uh, near, you know, within a however many, I guess even if you wanted to drive all the way from, like, California to go pick up, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, but if you're in the general region and you're near sort of north Georgia, they do have a pickup option. Save yourself on shipping and go just grab it yourself. <clears throat> Me and Jake make a nice little weekend getaway out of it. Uh, like Brokeback Mountain kind of stuff. You know, it's all good. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. I guess. A lot of shared hotel rooms. Single bed, twin bed. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, not God. a lot of room in there. No, not with your ass. Nope. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... We get their stuff. We love it. Go grab yourself some. And then com. Use code THN at checkout as well. THN listeners and viewers like you get a exclusive 15% off when you use that code. New shirt just dropped today. Don't be a hemipene. Don't be a hemipene. So far, it's been pretty popular. Yeah. Got some other stuff I need to add. I'm going to add the podcast shirts and stuff up there. Maybe this weekend if I can find the time. Um, definitely want to get some hoodies up there. There's, there's stuff that I need to get on there in, in preparation for the, you know, some sort of black Friday deal that I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to get going. So please stay in the loop on that with Facebook and Instagram. And, uh, yeah, don't be weird. Nice. Get a shirt. It's, it's odd if you're naked. It's a little strange. Most places, you know, well, I've actually got something for all three of those pinpoints. Number one, I'm wearing the Obsoleta shirt. Oh, I went the wrong way. A little taxonomic Obsoleta. anarchy. I love it. It's got one of my Look personal one of Which my one personal pictures on it. 
freaking excited. Um, so that's awesome. It is. It is. I love it. And then for Steve Snakesuary, I actually just found all the hot sauce bottles. I kind of knew where they were because I moved. It's been a while now, but I still didn't unpack all my reptile shit um, because that's <laughs> what, two years that's later what we do. <laughs> um, so I went through all like all my crap because I redid my reptile room. We'll get into that a little later. Um, redid all my reptile room, and uh, I was like, you know, I'm going to go through a bunch of stuff throw out a bunch of old crap I don't need. I was going through stuff and I found my bottles and I was like, hell yeah. So I'm going to clean all those out, set them up nice and pretty in the, in the new snake room. And uh, so that's going to be awesome. Love seeing the bottles again. It'd be really yeah. cool to take those and grow like plant clippings in them or something. Yeah. That'd like be if they're cool. empty. You know, yeah. Yeah. Just have a little row of them with some, you know, silver leaf or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So look humble. neat. I like to do that with old, old like whiskey bottles and stuff that I have. Yeah. Not that I, I don't really drink, but I don't know how big the, the top is on it. It might be kind of hard. You to... just have like, it'd be like a single cutting yeah. or something. It wouldn't be anything crazy. Yeah. So yeah, those are about to get cleaned out, put on display in the room. And then with black box also during the, uh, the room upgrade, uh, I finally put in that rack I got, the XR55, as yeah. well as a 4 by 2 by 2 cage. Um, so both of those are rocking and rolling and looking awesome. So really excited about all of it. All of our sponsors are amazing. Are there any updates besides the room uh, on the animal front? Yeah, so the room took me all of three entire days to complete i was great a lot of work uh but it's done and i'm very happy with it i uh, got a lot more room in there uh, and a bunch of snakes got a bunch of upgrades so that was awesome um animal front i got those rat snakes last week from uh our my good our good buddy jeremy um he was on the last episode of thp um so check that out if you haven't listened but he sent me some rat snakes whose county i cannot think of off the top of my head um for some reason but county specific is wild caught female dropped eggs so that's a new project i ended up getting all six of them because he had six and he sent them all to me um half are going to a buddy of mine half are staying with me the they are nice the, I, yeah I them and looked yeah there. They're real good looking. Good looking things. Yeah. So I'm keeping 2.1. Uh, my buddy Preston's getting 2.1. So that's a new project for us. Super stoked. Luckily, there were two females so that worked out really nicely. Um, I think they're going to get really dark right now. They're really light. They're almost lighter than my white oaks, which I didn't expect. Mm -hmm. um, but the female was really, really dark. And um, so I'm hoping they kind of go that route because I do want a darker locality just to kind of split up some of the gray rat projects. Um, so that's exciting. And then our other good friend, Mike Kosicki, sent me a female Mikey. southern pine yesterday. So got that in. Um, she looks, down too. Yeah, she looks awesome. Got her all set up. She's nice and pissy. So that's good. Um, I got her because our friend here, Tony Mills, produced some uh, Southerns, and he got really male heavy because he yeah. produced like two clutches, and I think he he literally only had between the two clutches like two females. Yeah, really strange. So 
I got a, that's why Mike, when Mike hatched his, I was like, I hit him up me. I was hey. like, Hey man, if you got any extra girls, let your boy know. Cause I do want to be able, I have like, I'll, these are technically like Florida's or whatever. I don't know what you want to call them. Um, yeah, I don't but I can I consider my normals like undocumented Southerns kind of deal. Um, so it worked out great. I do want to be able to just produce a bunch of normals down the road because I have Florida uh, or for albino Floridas right now, which those are absolutely awesome snakes. Um, so I've got those and I wanted to be able to do some normals and then maybe crisscross produce some heads down the road. But um, yeah, excited to have a paranormal Southerns. Should be good as far as pituophis are concerned now. I don't need any more very large bluebirds. I, so, I don't know. It seemed to me like those things grow fast. They do, man. Like, I don't know if it was just that meal I've got is I, huge, dude. It just seems like they the hit this period. like they hit that year old mark and it's like they just they, explode, they hit on man. the afterburners or yeah, something. They grow just, they grow quick, man. Wild. It's, it's I wasn't even feeding mine really like that. I wasn't feeding mine heavy, and they were still just like growing. Yeah, growing, growing. they grow fast. They eat like crazy. <clears throat> um, so yeah, uh, I think I think that's everything on the snake front. Got more. Got a couple babies going out the door this weekend. Good buddy Jack Oliver is uh, coming down this weekend. We're gonna hang out a little bit, and he's taking two of the white oaks from me. So that's cool. One for him, one for our buddy Zach. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty excited. Less less mouths to feed, but also adding more stuff. So yeah, kind of just Stevens out, you know. Stays at zero. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's everything. You know, the room was pretty much the biggest thing. Um so, yeah, it's just like every time I have to tackle like a rearrange, it's like God, let dude, me clear my schedule. I literally, dude, I pushed all my furniture in my living room like to the side. <laughs> and I was like, all right, it's out. coming out, you yeah. know. So I, I mean, set up, I, I did like some prep stuff, you know, obviously got all my tubs ready. What I did was so I melted all the holes on the tubs, which I got take? oh dude, a day. Like between every all the tubs I had, because a ton of car I pulled everything out of like you know, all the carpets got pulled out of racks. So they're in like taller, bigger tubs mm -hmm. now. Um, they're either in the 110 quart hefty style tubs or they're in like the uh, gasket style tubs. Um, still, I spent like $300 in random tubs. It was, <laughs> it was insane, but it was good. Um, much needed upgrades. And um, so I just like, I prepped all those tubs. I got all the tubs ready. And I was like, all right, time for animals. So I pulled everything out that was leaving, you know, and or that was going into new tubs. And it was it was a task. My living room was full of crap. And then I went through my closet and all my old supplies. And I was like, I'm going to do this all at once. Then at the same time, I also rearranged my garage to condense a bunch of my bullshit because my stuff pretty much took up the entire garage so i condensed that to like a corner so that was good it was very productive i got a lot done um it was very good i finally got artwork up my artwork that i've been oh, yeah. holding on to up in the snake room so everything just feels complete i feel zen when i walk in there now it's not cluttered and everything's clean um 
all the carpets are on like a metal rack style now with like the Bavarian electronics heating back pads. to the old, uh, old yeah. poor man's rack. Yeah, yeah, I did it because like, number one, I wanted them in taller tubs. Dude, and it works so well. It does. It does. It really does. And, but the other reasoning I did it is I wanted to get rid of heat tape. So be, just because like heat tape just bothers me. I don't like heat tape. It scares me. I've heard too many horror stories. And I just, I wanted it gone. So now my room is heat tape free. Even on the cages for the carpets I run heat on, I replaced the mats of heat tape that I had under there with the big VE. Ooh, Callaway's um, taking that with them this weekend too. What? That rack right there. Oh, that one? Yeah. I was nice. like, you want it? He's like, how much? I was like, just take it out of my house. <laughs> Get please. it out of my sight. <laughs> like, just don't keep any small yeah. colubers in it. You'll be fine. Yeah. So that was really good. So no more heat tape in my room. Um, poor man. I got two poor man's racks running now, but dude, they're perfect. Cause I got rat snakes that run on ambient and one just fucking for, yeah. stacked. I mean, for quarantine stuff, man, they're perfect. Um, just you know, for tall just tubs, for man. That too. If you just, even if it's not necessarily quarantine, but like temporary setups until you can sort of get, things rearranged and figured out like they work great um, it's temporary I, for me until i get pvc enclosures <laughs> that's well i mean you and i you have know? used them for yeah years years it's, man. it's a great setup it's worked wonderfully for, yeah for a bunch of stuff so, so and stuff that like i love <clears throat> i love v70 tubs i love my black box racks but when you know once my rat snakes you know get to a certain size i like to get them in something tall because they do like to go up same thing for carpets, you know. I don't like to keep them in short it's stuff. Just a very cost-effective. Yeah, option. yeah, it's very cost-effective. Yeah. Those, those ultra-therm pads, I love them to death. Um, yeah, dude. you know, you'll never hear me say a bad thing about them. That's a they make. That's a that's a phenomenal pad. Like, yeah. cheaper than the the big box Zoomed stuff. Not nearly as as powerful, so they don't get nearly as hot. Don't um, have to run a thermostat. I don't worry on. about those burning my house down. No, I got. I'm think I'm running. I'm running four of them in the main room because, again, on the for the carpet rack, I've got the two 110s for larger ones, and they're just on one of the bigger squares on one end. And then for the smaller, smaller tall tubs, I've got the four foot long one that runs across the back, mm -hmm. and I just you know put tubs on top of that. And then I'm running like four of them for quarantine right now, four or five of them. Yeah, and if I ever um, needed you know to up the heat on that a little bit, like if I needed it to be a little warmer, I'd just take some of that corrugated like sign. Yeah. poster board kind of stuff that they use for for like political signs and yeah. whatnot slap that under under it with the heat tape on top tub on top of that and it just yeah. completely radiates that heat back up and doesn't have you know if it's just the wire yeah. rack you know that heat has plenty of places to escape but i've never had problems that. with that uh, yeah and i i haven't either but for some of the stuff that maybe just needed a, a bump a few degrees right. you know it's a it's a good it's funny what i do is if i if it's too hot i add bedding and then if they want it yeah, warmer they can burrow down between, yeah between it and the <laughs> exactly and if i need a warmer i just pull some out you know <laughs> it's it's great it works perfectly uh so yeah that's uh how things are looking now and you know it's not it's definitely not the norm for a lot of people's standards but man it works so well and for me it, it just it works perfectly because i just li i like taller tubs you know for rat snakes and carpet pythons mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's the go-to, man, because, you know, Black Box doesn't have an arboreal rack yet. And um, yet. so, yet, hopefully that's coming in the works down the road. Um, 
So in the meantime, they're in these until I can get a bunch of PVC cages. I think my next black box order is just going to be three by two by 18 <laughs> PVC cages. Mm -hmm. So, cause then I've got a stack of the 110s just like standing on the carpet by itself, right. just going up all stacked up and Hey, that works great too, man. So yeah, I'm, I'm real happy with everything. I got to figure out what I'm going to do. Cause the Aggies are, depending on schedules, the Aggies are, are going to Callaway this weekend too. Yeah. So that means that the heater of my room is, is going <laughs> to be leaving. So I got to plug in all my stuff now, get it going again. So dude, just get a radiant heater, man. I still need to, I still Heat need to the for, the, for the mice and stuff. Um, I just, I haven't even, I haven't had time to even go to Lowe's to look at them to see what they've got. Walmart, uh, bro. Walmart too. I just, Walmart. it's been, I've been busy. Yeah. Stay busy. So. Yep. Start of our lives. But any, any updates with you before we get down to the nitty gritty of this? Uh, no, I mean the Ackies, like I said, Ackies are, are going, you know, I've enjoyed them. It's just kind of space wise. Um, that would that would sort of free up a, a good bit of of space for me because I've got a whole stack of BioGs right now that are like floor to ceiling, and at least what three of those can go in that spot. Um, you're probably gonna stack them so, on top of the three footer that you got up there, isn't it? They would probably go on top, like the Jansen. I would get bumped down to the floor. Yeah, BioGs on top of that. Uh, XA3 with the female persimmon on top of those. I gotcha. So, just so it sort of fits more, a little more uniformly. Um, yeah. Other than that, yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing, nothing really going on. I thought I had something. Um, uh, just in mind of the cage, is your three foot cage 18 deep or is it two foot deep? It's an 18. Okay. So, yeah, it'll fit on the biology then. Yeah, it's it's basically two of those biogs put together. Yeah, I got one. you. Yeah, which when I get rid of that uh, habitat systems rack, I think what I'll end up switching a lot of those green trees over to because they are they're not monster green trees; they're normal size green trees. <laughs> they're, normal they're not the monsters, fucking uh, space jam chondras. Um, <laughs> they'll fit in a in a the XA three without any issues. That's what I'd like to replace that, that rack with is like a stack. I could fit two stacks right there. I think. Oh, the three by two by 18s or the yeah. two by two by or three by two by twos. The, the ones that that percentage in the XA three. Oh, okay. Um, I wouldn't do no, those won't be bio though. Those will just be the regular. Cause right. I don't need that lip with the, that would look so awesome, dude. In that, that little corner, so just better. a stack of those cages. Oh man, that'd be and sick. The sheer square footage that I get just from like get back from having that, you know. Yeah. That habitat systems rack, I know I've talked about it a handful of times lately. Like it's it's nice and all, but mother of God, it's <laughs> a beast. It's, it's not conducive to to the you know the layout of my room and yeah, how much space I have to work with, which isn't a lot. Um, <laughs> you got a lot of snakes in yeah, the room here. Like, oh my god, dude! I don't know how you move around it's, in uh, there. It's tough. You're gonna hate me when you come to my room, uh, dude. Now. Even seeing the videos, I was telling, I was telling Phil or someone the other day, I was like, Jake's got like the perfect size room. That's like exactly it. what if I had that room 
I would have no issues. It really works out perfectly, man. It's just the way it was set up. I was like, this was made for a snake room, man. Cause like my door, like leading into my room, there's like this little mini hallway, you know, that separates the door from the rest of the room. So I don't have to worry about putting shit in the way of the door. And I cover up one of the closet doors and there's just, there's plenty of space, man. Plenty of room for activities. It's full now. Yeah, and I think as I but. as time goes on and I, I do finish switching everything over to black box stuff, be it the, the V70 racks and yeah. other things, I think it'll, it'll flow a lot. Better. It'll definitely flow a lot better because yeah. everything will be a little more uniform and match a little better just size wise. Yeah. Um, it'll yeah, streamline sure. things a lot more because right yeah. now everything's just kind of all over the place with the different rack sizes and dimensions and tubs and things like that that aren't yeah. black box stuff. Yeah. Um, so. I was looking around on the website actually a week or two ago, kind of formulating like what all do I really need to kind of get it to where I need to be happy. And yeah, uh, at this point, mine's yeah. mine's literally just like getting like three foot cages for all my adult rat snakes, man. That's, mm-hmm. that's where I'm at to get rid of all these 110 cords that I've got free floating in the room. So I'm probably gonna get three of those on our next, our next trip. I think I've come to the conclusion that if I if I do end up somehow being able to upgrade my room into something that's more spacious, I want to have it set up to where I don't have anything that's below knee height and nothing that's above like chest height. You're gonna have to get an awfully big. I know, but big like stand it's for just that. so nice to not have to, especially taller stuff like lower stuff. It's no big deal, but like taller stuff, it's kind of a pain when I have to get a stool at six foot four. If I have to get a stool to go get a water bowl out of a cage or something it's like this is man a bit much i gotta get a stool to get the cereal off the top shelf man come on that's what i'm saying is like (laughs) if i have to have a stool like that's probably too tall that's 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 up there i hear you but i don't mind it cages might be a different story but but, well it also depends on what's in it like that little male persimmon he's in that top bio g that's closest to the ceiling yeah, that was that's and on so, you, my guy. You could, is, you could have put I'm like, him lower. <laughs> I'm trying to feed him, and he's like higher than me. And I'm knowing, like, if I piss him off enough, he's just gonna say screw it and bolt, like, nosedive out of the cage, and either land on me or on the floor. And then we're gonna play the game we it's play, where I chase kamikaze, him around and grab yeah, him, yeah. and then I gotta get him back in, and then he freaks out and springs back out, and it's it's a thing. So it's a game. At least with the chondros, like they're just they just sit there. <laughs> damn percent of man is he's like nah he's like i'm ready to go he's like i'm gone he lives to play that game of, of floor hockey he's a he's a crack conjurer he is they uh both of those went on food strike for a while and they've they finally the female especially has finally gone back to eating regularly dude her cage is so sick man i think yeah i put that, that pothos in there so i nice. think that made a big difference for her yeah. but i also think it was it was getting too warm in that room and that's why they went off food yeah those I, i'm i'm convinced are, are a little more temperature sensitive than the rhinos are yeah you know they they heat just doesn't do good things for them like high heat yeah room temperature or slightly cooler seems to be their sweet spot so yeah because they're both back to eating like champs they they went on a strike for a while there and i was yeah. like what's going on i almost moved her back into the bio g because i was like is it this new cage like I gave her plenty of hides. It wasn't a shortage of hides or places for her to get away from me, like visual barriers and stuff. And 
I just the only thing I could figure after talking to Matt about it too was like it, it's just I think it's just too hot because nothing else has changed from her previous setup aside from just having more places to hide. But I don't know. Yeah. We figured it out. But other than that, um, other than that, we have ranted enough. We have our guest tonight is the is one triumphant return. The huh? Triumphant return. Triumph. Oh yeah, true. Uh, yeah, we were we were gone last week, but uh, yeah. The, no, I mean Andy. Oh yeah. Andy oh 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 yeah. I thought I meant. I thought you meant like as to why we were talking no, so much. No. Yeah. No. Yes. The triumphant return of Mister Andy Middleton. We are very excited to have you on, brother. You doing all right tonight? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, it's good to be back. It's been a uh, three years or so, I believe. Yeah. yeah when you told me that, I was like. There's no way. Because I, I remember the like, last Jesus. episode we did, like, specifically. And, uh, yeah, he told me it was three years ago. I was like, holy smokes, man. Yeah, man. Uh, time flies. Time flies. Yeah, but uh, so, always, uh, always a privilege to sit down with you guys and uh, happy yeah, to man. chop it up. Yeah, man. I was super stoked. Because it, it hit me. What was it? I think I messaged you. You were supposed to come on last week. Yeah, last week Justin bailed. Fault. Um, so he was like, Full Can you message Andy? See if he could do next week. I gotta go, I had to so, go get yeah. a call, girl. Yeah, so, so yeah, man, it was super great. We actually planned a little bit in advance for Andy, so that was good. But it hit me, I was like, Dude, we haven't had Middleton on forever. We gotta, yeah, the one time we actually plan it out and get it right. And yeah, I'm like, ah, oh, we gotta, I gotta, I gotta punt it. So, yeah, man, what's uh, what's new, brother? What's going on? Yeah, in, in five words or less like what you've been doing for three years uh two words uh staying busy that's for sure um, <laughs> yeah yeah a, lot, a lot's changed with life and with the snakes and you know all that fun stuff in the last three years so yeah certainly a lot to catch up on yeah yeah man so like i guess you know start with you know what's what's different you know, obviously if you want to talk about your personal life that's more than fine but as far as snakes are concerned what's changed in the last three years man are focuses any different you know different species stuff like that give us the rundown yeah so um i couldn't even tell you what my the state of my collection three years ago it's hard to <laughs> hard to think back at uh everything i was keeping then but primary focus is still uh, absolutely green tree python still uh, at the top of the yeah. list and the, the bread and butter but um yeah still keeping the emeralds uh northerns and basins diamonds um lucans got some rat snakes now um yeah. a little bit of influence from you guys and hanging onto the gazebo too long and, uh, <laughs> uh what else uh blood pythons blood pythons have become a thing around here and uh boland's pythons um that's really it i think you've just been spending too much time around hope doll is all it is yeah yeah it's uh yeah i was about to say you know he's a bad influence you don't blame us but he's But, um, you know, so since the first episode, um, you, you've had you've actually had a couple green tree clutches, haven't you? You've actually because I remember I think the last that last episode we did, you hadn't actually produced it was like yet. the year before the season you had right. paired, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I had my first clutch in 2021, which was awesome. Uh, I still yeah. have a couple of those guys around and 
Uh, and then I had my second clutch uh, early this year. So very good, man. Yeah, man. How so, was the uh, how was the hatch rate on on those? Uh, first clutch I think went six for seven. Had seven good eggs and uh, got six of them to hatch. And it was all yellow clutch. Like the sire is like a sarong type. I don't know exactly what he is. I didn't have any information on him when I got mm -hmm. him, but I suspect he's a yellow sarong or something along those lines, uh, adjacent region. And then the biak was a yellow neo uh, biak female. So, um, yeah, went so for you six or seven a, on those. So you hatched a bunch of garbage green trees, is what you're Whoa. telling me. Whoa. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. No, I'm just There's totally no joking. Thing. I just hate. I hate that whole like. Oh, it wasn't oh, a red it's neo. yellow. Gross. It wasn't a red neo. I don't want it. And I'm like, dude, shut up. Like, I hate. I freaking hate that. Yeah, yeah. Baby conjures are uh, a real treat, no matter what color they are or what they're oh, from. Yeah. You know, it's hard. I to, like. Hard to be I like baby conjure. I like the yellows, man. I think they're awesome. Um, yeah what was what was your second clutch what was the pairing on that so that was uh, a male i got from dave d which is out of sky topaz uh the sky topaz male and a cyclops wrong female and the female was produced by greg maxwell in 2007 and uh, that was out of pygar and sheila so it's a Ooh. blue line outcross pairing um Ooh. so yeah i uh he i got three good eggs out of that pairing um and it was a the female is actually owned by a good local buddy of mine aaron robles um so he had this female he kept as a pet for many many years and posted up on the forum one day hey uh looking to breed my female is anybody nearby and sure enough i was uh 25 minutes away and <laughs> we it, yeah we worked it out and um yeah we're really we're really stoked to get anything out of her because she's well well out of her prime and just to get some of her babies on the ground's real treat yeah that's how did she man. i mean how did she do being older is there any she did really there? she did really well uh it's hard to chalk up whether the lack of fertility in the clutch was the first time male or her or something environmental or what you know um but she's done really well she got right back on food did everything she was supposed to so i uh i might even try her again this year because nice. she was she would have been a first time female then too right yeah yeah they were both first time first time breeders and yeah, her that, first that, time being at 16 years old wow yeah that's awesome man no yeah, that, man. that's really good you know if if you number one in today's hobby, if a snake lives to 16, you're doing pretty all right. But to produce a, you know, a, a healthy clutch, you know, even though it was small, you know, healthy, that's, um, that's fantastic, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were really excited to get anything, you know, let alone, yeah. uh, uh, get three. I ended up with two and he got one. So nice yeah, well, awesome. I, I do wonder though with older animals like that that's something i've thought about is is you know not the older animals that have been bred year after year for a decade but like older animals like that that have never been bred before if pairing them like that in their older age is actually something of you know some sort of benefit to them health wise like if it sort of i don't know how to not necessarily reset the system but sort of gets the gears moving a little more, you know, mm -hmm. uh, physically and just kind of refreshes them in a way. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to just explain it, but 
something I wonder about. Yeah, well, I mean, chondras and any snake, really, in my opinion, like breeding them, especially females, is really the most dangerous thing that you can put them through. So, um, I don't know. It's hard to say whether them being older, you know, is less dangerous or better for their metabolism or I I don't even know. Um, But uh, I don't know. I think... uh, I don't know. She's she's certainly well out of her prime, and I, I don't have a ton of experience breeding chondros to have much of an opinion on the matter. But um, I don't know. I feel like it's it's hard to beat a primed up five six year old female. No, yeah, no, you can't. That's all. I feel like that's the prime for like anything, you know. Because I'm the same way with carpets. You know, I like I like five six years old. You know, I know a lot of people shoot for three and four. You know, but I, I like five six year old girls. You know, like ready to shut up <laughs> i heard that chuckle you know for for breeding wise man i think that's when they're really you know often often going at that that age and size you know um especially nice and slow grown baby oh yeah yeah so yeah i'm uh, i'm pairing up a six-year-old female this year for the first time and I don't know if it was just the nature of how I fed things. You know, I think I was a little too standoffish when I got into chondros and what have you. So um, she's probably a little behind the eight ball compared to all her clutch mates and what have you. But I didn't even think about pairing her until, you know, the summer of this year. So yeah. uh, we'll see if I end up pairing her up, but she may even wait till seven. You know, so yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that, man. There's, yeah, that's one thing I try and tell everybody is like, you know, don't, don't rush into it. You know, you got, you got time. You got nothing but time to breed these things. So, you know, make sure they're ready. Don't rush into all that, you know, because uh, it's a good way to, good way to fuck up your snake. So it's just so hard to gauge anymore. Like, you know, is, is there a, a measuring stick that would, that would, dictate whether your animal was was behind the curve in a in a clutch compared to an animal from the same clutch in someone else's care that maybe feeds heavier or just keeps you know warmer or you know there's there's a lot of variables there because that's again that's something else i've wondered about too is i've talked about it as well is is the standard for what we consider too small or undersized or underweight severely warped by massively obese animals that we see on on online all the time to where we think that that's the norm and that's sort of where our subconscious sort of measuring stick is um to where you know if you have a five-year-old animal and it's considerably smaller than than what you see other people posting maybe not necessarily animals from the same clutch but just in general and you know i don't i don't know i guess it's kind of a it's purely subjective i guess at that point because it depends on who you ask but I wonder the same thing because my chondros, you know, I've talked about that. I've got some five-year-old animals that are, that are small. They're not big, right? you know, but it's also, I, I, I don't feed them a lot. Like I don't feed them super regularly. I, I keep the meals fairly small. Um, so it's like, is that because mine might be half the size of an animal from a similar clutch that's, or the same clutch that's the same age and fed a lot more regularly. Like, I don't know. It's again, I guess time will tell depending on if it lives longer than the other ones that are overfed. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to it's hard to determine because we really don't know. Like, you know, we can go off like you know wild animals all we want, but we don't know exactly how old those are. You know, how often they eat and all that. You know, we can do our best to try and determine what we can. Yeah, but see, but there's I think no there's no chondros are special in that regard because Natush got average weights from like over a thousand animals. Oh yeah, no, for sure. He's like, this is what they typically seem to be in the wild, and you know. That seems like a pretty good, good measuring measuring stick for yeah. me, at least. Yeah, it's it's with Chondra specifically the disparity between the, you know, what us in captivity picture as a ready to breed female and you know what Natush has seen. It's, it's night and day. You know, yeah, it's a four to five to six x you know difference. Oh yeah. So I, I think a lot of people haven't bred a lot of small females and whatnot, um, you know, with the majority of females being bred, you know, over seven, 800 grams. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, there's, there's always, always much more to learn, you know? Oh yeah, man. No doubt. Well, I, I mean, I was showing Jake that, that big Bioc female I got recently, you know, she's the same age as, as a Bioc that I hatched in 2019. <laughs> and how much bigger would you say that female <laughs> is compared Lord. to that? that other biot like it's that was it's it's ridiculous this like is, i swear to god that that bigger female has to be like what five times the size of that yeah that 2019 dude like this is literally like unbelievable his other his old his old breeder female that produced his first clutch was big i was a big conjurer don't get me wrong and he sent me pictures of this one i was like oh you know it doesn't look nearly as big as your other one you know and then i came here and i saw this it is the today. first time he's been over here in a while so i, I was, was like, like look at this thing oh like, my god like this thing this thing was getting this thing looks like a chub this thing looks like a chubby ball python on a stick dude like she's, it's she's, huge just a freaking first tank. order of business with that one was like you're going on a diet yeah <laughs> yeah whatever that I means know. for Chondros getting those things to lose weight is yeah. freaking impossible. Yeah, yeah. With females, the only way is really just to breed them. No, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what he's like. He's like, yeah, once she, once she lays I think eggs, when she, when uh, she pops out a clutch, she'll be exactly where I need her. To be. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't think she's gonna have to. I'm gonna have to worry about her bouncing back at all because she's gonna be right she'll there. The same, yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. But um, so you're working with some some emeralds now. Let's uh, talk about those. Where you at with those breeding? You know what you got? You know. Yeah. So my pair of northerns is probably another year or two. I'll probably err on the side of caution and wait another two years. Um, but they're doing well, taking big boy and big girl rats these days, and you know doing everything they're supposed to. So they're doing really well. Um. And uh, the basins, uh, more than likely, will probably get paired up next year. Oh, wow. That was one thing I was surprised about, because I saw Justin Olson's basins when you first moved down here. And then, you know, I hadn't seen him in a, in a couple couple months. And then I, you know, I ended up snake sitting for him while he was out of town for a couple weeks. And, like, the first time going back over there and seeing him, I was like, those have actually put on some size. Like, they as much as everyone talks about how slow those are to grow, like it seemed like they grew at about the same rate as, as most chondros do. Like it was, they had 
put on some some substantial amount of size to him in what I thought was sort of a relatively short amount of time for the species. But I don't know what your uh, what your experience has been in that that arena. Yeah, so I think you know, kind of with everything that I was buying up in 2018, 2019, uh, I, w- I think I could have taken advantage of their growing years a little more. Um, you know, they're five years old now, and that's when most people would be pairing them up. But, you know, my female doesn't have quite that mature adult textbook head, you know, Um so that's kind of what I'm waiting to see before I uh, end up pairing them up. And uh, yeah, it's just the, overall with my collection, I've kind of leaned more towards trying to take as much advantage of their growing years and looking for opportunities to get meals in them. Um, you know, just overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I thought they were like a five to seven year animal as far as, you know, growth rate and maturity goes i didn't know how long it took them to you know what the average age was at least in captivity was for breeding yeah five to seven is pretty much the rule of thumb yeah i gotcha that's cool man i don't know why but like i've got i've gotten a little bit of an itch recently and i'm like i kind of want kind of want an emerald or two man I, i don't know why but there's he's going full arboreal. No, now. Yeah. not even close. But like part of me just wants a snake that sits sits on a stick. Just like one, maybe two. Just just for giggles, you know. That's what I said. But that that's not happening. I have too many rat snakes for that. Yeah, one uh one is too many and a thousand isn't enough. So uh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing you uh, take the plunge. Yeah, no, I, I definitely I, I think I could gain a little bit of a little bit of control with that. I like getting musked on too much, man. You know, like <laughs> yeah. he's not getting musked on, he's not living, you know. <laughs> That's right, man. You know, if, if I'm not living if I'm not getting musked and bit people don't say all the time. why do you smell like that? Yeah. And mm-hmm. what are we even doing here? Dude, you should have put that on the shirt <laughs> at the bottom. So why do you smell like that? <laughs> Going back to to condors real quick, um, did you change anything as far as incubation and temperatures and stuff from that first clutch to this year? No, I really really did the same exact thing I did the the first year. Um, I had pretty good luck with it, and, um, you know, it's not broke. I didn't want to fix it. I I guess one thing I did do is I swapped out the fan in the incubator. so it's adjustable and I control the speed. Um, oh, just okay. a little upgrade, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. Just a computer fan. Um, but apart from that, yeah, everything was the same. Probably I have a bunch of sim containers, but it was probably the same exact sim container, uh, water substrate. And I think I straight baked them at 87.2 or 87.3 and dropped it down to 86 and a half for the last 10 to 12 days. Because it seems like uh, I remember when with my first clutch, I think I did them at 86 and a half. But it seems like seeing some people talking online, like maybe people are starting to go lower than that. Like the general consensus seemed to be shifting towards lower temperature and a longer incubation. But I don't know, not being really having a, a you know, a finger to the pulse of of what's going on in condros and how people are doing things now. I don't know if that's the case still or not, but 
Yeah, there is. Um, people are certainly experimenting a little, a little bit. Um, you know, most of the people I talk to on a regular basis. What? So, oh. um, yeah. But I don't know. It's uh, everybody's incubator behaves differently. Everywhere, you know, what room they keep their incubator in, you know, can be a variable that comes into play and. You know, some people's hatch on day 49, and that's their norm. And others, like myself, it's day 52, day 53. And, um, you know, it's, I don't know. Every All the babies that I've hatched, um, they've all come out, fully absorbed their yolk. Um, and it's not like they were in a rush to get out of the egg. Uh, it probably helps that, you know, I wasn't all up in their business and cutting the eggs <laughs> on a certain day or anything like that. Um so yeah, yeah, I don't know, but I only have two clutches have under you, my belt. So yeah, I mean, have you, as far as cutting goes, I mean, are are you, have you, have you been a cutter, or are you? Uh, these days I really don't cut at all. Um, I kind of just let them do their own thing and kind of adopted the mindset that if you know they're going to hatch, they they should be able to do it on their own. Yeah. I'm so conflicted on that. I've seen a lot of horror stories of, you know, and had some buddies cut too early, you know, waiting for day 51 or whatever they think is the ideal time for them to hatch out. And the babies rush out of the eggs and get twisted up in their mm-hmm. umbilical cords. And, you know, they can, uh, you know, it seems to be that if they get rushed out of the egg, um, you know, they end up coming out really weak and crash quite quickly. So. Yeah, anytime I do cut it, it ends up being once we're past sort of the the expected date, and usually by by at least you know two days or so before I cut. You know, it's definitely not like okay, they're supposed to hatch on day fifty one. Day fifty one, I got those cuticle scissors ready to go. It's it's like okay, these were supposed to hatch like three days ago. What's going on? Um, but my, I'm definitely if, if I get eggs again, I'm definitely not going to incubate in the same way I did the first time. Cause I mean, Jake, you remember like that was kind of a disaster. Like I had a really hard time keeping those, those eggs hydrated. Um, a lot of that had to do with the, the box I was using. Um, but I had a ton, like I remember it was probably a third to maybe a half of that clutch. Like there was all like, full term fully developed babies in there that just never made it out of the conjures yeah oh i don't remember yeah i had i had a solid solid handful that were completely developed colored and everything like just never (laughs) never got out you know so were the uh the eggs suspended over whatever your substrate was they were they were over they were over water but the egg box i had was like sort of a because at the time it was I don't know why I used this box, but it was it was a shoe box with like a loose ass lid on the top, and even with you know some some sort of press and seal over the top of it, it just they immediately not long after even being put in there, I'm talking like within a week, like they had all started to to shrink, you know, sink in a little bit and just look dehydrated, and I'm like this should not be happening. Like they're over water. It makes no sense that these would be dehydrated because they're, they're literally surrounded by it. Um, which Luke Myers had a similar thing happen with his. And when he put his in vermiculite, he's like, they plump right back up and he's had no issues since. And I'm pretty sure he still incubates that way, but dude, I, I'm telling you, was, I used, I, I, of course it was for rat snakes, but hatch, right. 
dude, I loved that stuff. It almost like, cause it's, it's really weird. It's not dusty at all. Andy, I don't know if you've ever messed with hatch right at all. If you know the consistency. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah. yeah, dude, I loved that stuff. I didn't think it felt dry. And I was like, this is, this is dry. Like this crap isn't going to work. But dude, after, you know, a day or two, there started, you know, there was a little bit of the, the fog on the lid and then it started like by the end of it there's like drops almost on the lids and i'm like gee whiz you know so that dude that's my that's my new go-to because i don't like messing with you know trying to deal with water consistency squeezing it see how much water comes out of yeah, it if any i, I don't and, like vermiculite just because of how messy yeah. it is you know dude that that hatch right i'm not using it that's probably i'm, I'm telling you end up going with because i completely forgot about it dude i am not going to use anything else i loved that stuff i'm going to use carpets glue bridge all of it it was fantastic um so it's not super cheap but you know because you know you can get a bag of organic perlite from lowe's for oh yeah a big bag oh yeah the perlite yeah i'm talking about the same thing though yeah but you know this isn't even just add water you just pour it out man it's easy it's great yeah, I guess one trend I have seen with conjure incubation is a lot of people putting their eggs directly on substrate, coarse, very coarse vermiculite in particular. Um, I see people like John and Dave doing that these days. So I, I guess I would say that one thing I have noticed is people putting their eggs directly on the, mm-hmm. the, the substrate and apparently get very soft, velvety, plump eggs, you know, that uh, tend to not dry out. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I said, vermiculite's it's great and all as far as like it doing its job, but I just I hate dealing with it because it's like glitter. It's like once it's there, it's yeah, never coming off of you. You're that never getting sucks. it off you. It's the herpes of arts and crafts. Like it's not yeah. not leaving. Yeah. And no. then you're trying to you're trying to squeeze it and like put it in a box and now your hands are covered in it. So if you need to go grab something else, you can't because you're got freaking glitter mittens and it <laughs> I just if I don't have to use it, I won't. But well, I apologize, guys. I need to step away for one second to get my dogs inside. I'll uh, be back shortly. Yeah, you're good. Okay, no worries. You got you got to look into that hatch right stuff, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, I I remember looking at it when I was at your house last because I was like opening the bag and I was like, this is weird. It's very strange. It's odd. It's strange because it feels dry. It's dry, but it's wet in this bag. Yeah, dude. It's I because there was. I was almost worried about the water droplets on my tubs for incubating. You know, it got so wet in there. But man, I I tell you, if it didn't work like a charm for all the healthy eggs, man, it was perfect. I'm not. I won't use anything else. I think back to that first chondro question. Thinking about it now, I'm slightly amazed that I even got live babies out of Dude, that. All that, that it was such a, they're so stressful because I was like, why are they doing this? I'm sending pictures to Harlan. I'm like, what the hell's going on? He's like, they're dehydrated. I'm like, how? They're over water. Like, I'm literally doing what you told me to do. But I feel like that's working. I feel like that's where like putting them in the substrate yeah. can almost yeah. help, like being yeah. directly in something, you know. Well, they're not nearly as thick shelled as as the other, you know, Asiatic stuff that I've I've yeah. hatched was like the boiga eggs and the the Ganyasoma eggs and stuff. They're like those chondro eggs are like paper compared to those. Like the yeah. shell is just completely different. It's yeah. really clearly very different. 
Andy, how do you how do you feel about separating eggs? Are you a, are you a separator? Or are you a clumper? Uh, not necessarily. Um, I tend to leave them clumped up if I can, if I can get the lid yeah. on the egg box. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I try not to try not to separate them and all that fun stuff. I, I think I'm just more scared of ripping a gag. I've seen it happen. Um, so uh, yeah, try and uh, try and leave them intact and let yeah. them do their own thing. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Hmm. Yeah, man. What was the uh, what was the driving force behind the getting into the bloods? So they really uh, fell into my lap more than anything. I was about to say, weren't those kind of just like here you go? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, James is a good buddy of mine, and uh, he had a really good buddy of his. Um, yeah, that had uh, a baby on the way and had to clear out a snake room to make for a nursery. So uh, he ended up giving them to James. Um, and James was messing around with them for a bit and, um, you know, I ended up with them and yeah, so I got them, uh, last year, early last year. And, um, yeah, I have a sizable group of blood pythons now. Didn't you hatch some? Yeah. So, uh, I paired them up for the first time, uh, early this year, you know, last season and, uh, yeah, the, the babies hatched in, uh, the summer. Nice. How, how, how are you liking yeah, working with them. I, I had a very short, short time with Bloods. And it, Our it, it, experiences with them not, have been the best. Did not go that. It's not horrible. Well. Not I didn't great. kill. I didn't kill <laughs> any. I just didn't like them. But I'm curious. I do want some Borneos eventually. But I'm curious what your what your experience was. Well, it's funny because they're literally the polar opposite of everything I keep. You know, they, you couldn't <laughs> get a more terrestrial python. Right. Um, so they've been a, a big change of pace, that's for sure. But they fit right in the, you know, how I was keeping, you know, nearly all of my pythons. So uh, yeah. they fit right into the mix, and I love them, especially the little babies. Uh, they, they're yeah. uh, they're a little real treat, and uh, yeah, they they've been a real fun change of pace. I feel like temperature wise, they're basically like chondros just on the ground. You know what I yeah, mean? Because like they're one of those like lower described lower heat zone. You know, they like they need a hot spot, but it's more like a 83, 84 hot spot and then lower ambience. Am I wrong? No, you're you're pretty spot on. They're they're basically chondros and not chondro cages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Murder slugs. <laughs> Dude, they're those things they're they're so crazy, man, because you'll see them. They're one of those, they're like a like a jack in a box, you know, like they, they almost jump and they go up and, but you'll see them like they'll be sitting there with their eyes up and then you'll just see them like look around for a second, you know, it's yeah. like, Oh God, yeah. their, their eyes tell the story, you know, <laughs> you, can, you can tell when they're getting excited, when their eyes start flickering rapidly <laughs> and their breathing picks up They're they're uh, I find them to be very easy snakes to read. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, they let you know, man, there ain't no, Ain't no lie about that. It was funny. I, I'm pretty sure I've told the story before, but my uh, back in 2017, I think it was 2017 is when I got some. No, 18, 2017 or 18. I got a few and I got this one like it was, you know, basically an adult male and I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have taken him, you know, in hindsight, but, you know, I did. And um I had a, but my roommate at the time or one of my roommates at the time, he was kind of trying to mess with snakes with me a little bit. You know, he, 
had kind of went in on a few projects. I was the main guy doing them, but um, I had the this bigger animal quarantining and I needed to treat him for mites. And he was like, hey, man, I'm going to, you know, because I showed him kind of how to do it with a really safe spray. It wasn't, you know, the front line that I use now. Um, he's like, Hey man, I'm going to, I'm going to treat, treat some of these, you know, bloods. And I was like, all right. And I was like, but I was like, Hey, just leave, leave the male, leave the big boy alone. Like, don't, don't mess with him, you know? And, and I didn't hear back from him for like 30, 45 minutes. And I'm like, this fucking guy is messing with that snake. Cause he, he was not a, a nice animal. You know, he was, he, he was hot. And um, like 30 minutes later, he sends me a picture of his arm just all bloodied up. And he's like, yeah, I messed with him and I dropped him. And I was like, I, I told, I told you not to do it, man. Like it's, that's what you get, you know? And now I'm mad that you dropped my freaking snake, you know? Cause he was one of those, if they would jump, he would just go like that and they would fall. It happened at more than once. So I was like, yeah, that was great good move yeah good. out of the 25 or 26 that i have uh i there's only one that i can think of that uh you got to be on your game when you you go in to <laughs> change that cage but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so I, I don't know if i'm lucky or what but i haven't found them to live up to the reputation that uh, they have yeah no and i feel like a lot of them yeah, you know, I feel like it's more so. I mean, I could be wrong, but it seems like the because you work with they're mostly morphs that you're working with, right? Yeah, it's all uh, T positive um, boutique stuff for the most part. Okay. okay. Yeah, I feel like that stuff seems like at least nowadays seems a little bit more calm than some of your, you know, like Borneos and stuff like that. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of those are you know a little bit more hot, but those. Uh, Nowadays, they seem to be calming down a good bit, you know. Yeah, I'm sure multi-generations of captive breeding, you know, helps with that as opposed yeah. to, you know, like a, a lot of other pythons that get imported and full of piss and vinegar from oh, know, yeah. the, the hell they've gone through. So, Yeah, I yeah, can't blame them, that's for sure. You work with, or I, for some reason, I thought you had some 007 stuff. Do you have any, any of that? I or don't, no, no. No golden eyes stuff, okay. just um, some VPI stripe stuff. Uh, nearly everything is T positive or HET T positive. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Batiks, uh, Matrix is in a little bit of everything. And uh, yeah, that sums it up pretty well. That's awesome. Man. I'm, a, I'm a sucker for those 007s, man. I ain't gonna lie. 007s and the golden eyes. Woo. I'm not gonna lie. Those are. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Do you plan on expanding on the bloods at all, or are you just kind of rocking and rolling with your group? No, I don't have any plans to add to the project. Um, if anything, I'll probably be reducing the group overall, um, just because space reasons, you know, everything, you know, that you deal with. And I'm in the, at the precipice at the beginning of uh, doing a full, you know, snake room renovation, so um you know every square foot matters and, and it's yeah. pretty much accounted for so um unfortunately i will be cutting back a little bit on the bloods yeah i hear you man nothing wrong with that but uh have you now let's get down to the really important question 
Have you expanded on the rat snakes at all since you got the corn snakes in Daytona a couple years ago? Uh, well, yeah, I got those buckskins. Um, so I, I still have the mail. Um, I picked up some Kunishir Japanese rats. Um, nice. So those have been awesome. Nice. And uh, and then I, I picked up some uh, hat reds ups from Tony D at uh, Daytona this year. Do you still have the female buckskin? I do not. Uh, yeah, that sucks, man. You need some castanias. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, I, I think I'll uh, I'll stick with the Okati, you know, uh, yeah. projects for the most part. You know, that's what gets me all fired up. And you know, I have, have Okati castanias. I couldn't even tell you what that is. It's awesome. <laughs> That's what, that's what it is. I didn't realize you got red zeps from Tony D this year though. That's awesome. Yeah, they're they're normals, you know, which is what I wanted. I wanted nice, you know, Abbott Okati or not Abbott. Um my brain's Sherman. feeling Sherman. Sherman line uh Okatees. And um, you know, and I like red zeps a lot, as you might know. Um so uh, you know, why not get the best of both worlds and you know, straight Okatees that are hot for reds up. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my corn snake plants. Come to the conclusion that I I am of a a moral requirement to get an animal from Tony every year at Daytona now. (laughs) Yeah, dude, like I can't not. Stuff is so hard not to. I've gotten stuff from him three years in a row now. I wasn't expecting it. I I. I've got multiple animals from him three years in a row, you know, because I prepaid for my lemon rats, you know, this year and he was dropping them off or delivering to the Daytona for me. And then for by the grace of God, he had a pair of just smoking uh, Depi Jani. So I snagged me up those two and I was like, man, I I didn't expect him to have Jani. So got those two. But um, yeah, dude, Tony, it's like you, you got to, man. You can't not. Yeah. Yeah. Total, total class act, and with the smoking yeah. animals to boot, hard to beat. Yeah. No, he's a he's an awesome dude. I had that ultra melt I got from him this year. I was feeding it the other night, and I just like had to stop and look at that thing because I was like, mother of God, this <laughs> is just such a ridiculously nice animal. It's like. Whatever I end up pairing her to, which I actually have a um, Ultramel Okatee uh, that I got from Joe Peck, that is her future boyfriend. But I'm like, that is just such a nice animal. And his stuff, I mean, yeah, I mean, across the board, every year, I think his table is the one that me and Chris end up talking about the most because he's almost always, well, he always has stuff on there that we're just like, if I had unlimited funds, I'd, I'd buy every damn thing at his table. Yeah. Like, Yep. he's not uh, he's not afraid to to bargain with you man he'll he'll throw you some deals he's like hey you like that one he's like, i'll give you this one for an extra this you know and i'm like oh god dude don't tell me like that don't tell me with a good time yeah i don't yeah. think he tends to go home with uh many animals from daytona <laughs> oh no not at all but he also doesn't bring like a boatload you know he brings enough yeah. you know to make it worth it for him but he's not showing up with you know, three tables and four stacks high of, you know, corns, you know, so he's, he's definitely got, a, he's got 
quality over quantity. You know what I mean? Like he's definitely got enough, but it's not like some of the corn dudes out there, man. Like there's some tables there that I'm like, how do you even choose what corn snake you want? Well, like, you gotta, you gotta do some digging. Usually, of yeah, them. you gotta. There's yeah. one table in particular that it's like they have a ton of stuff. There's a couple of them like that, man. It's like I remember just thinking, like, I bet you there's some really nice stuff in here. You just gotta dig to the bottom of these stacks. That's <laughs> stresses me out, man. I'm like, I can't even look at this. <laughs> well, that, and then you see a bunch of really nice stuff, and you're like, I want all these, but I, yeah. I can't. I actually did. I did that for the first time. And normally, like the stuff I like, I normally don't have to dig through. Like normally, they're there, and I'm like, oh hey, those, I want them. <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me um but this year there's a guy there that had locality um south florida yellows or glades county yellow rats and he gave me the road that the parents were collected on had a picture of the dad and all this and i was like all right this is a reputable guy so i was like all right uh, you sold me i can i can i can buy these or locality so i sat there and he had an LED light over his table. I sat there with every cup looking at like <laughs> each individual snake. I'm like, you know, because like Who the um, Glades Reptiles or something like that. Uh, the guy's name was Matt. Him and his dad do it. He was on like the front wall when you first come in. Oh, you okay. First walk into the doors to the right. He had a bunch of locality stuff. Mm -hmm. And he just had some of these yellow rats for dirt cheap. And I was like, oh, God. So um, I look through, look through every cup because, you know, your South Florida stuff, you can get, you know, some of that Everglades influence, you know, some oranges coming through. And I'm like, I, I've got Everglades. I don't need Everglades. I want South Florida yellows because the South Florida yellow is like this really blown out yellow rat and they can be really nice. So I was looking at each and every one to pick like the most yellow faded one I could find and boy they both shut out the other day and they're like almost this pinkish hue on them like this almost ghosty look i'm like, like oh, a glades rat god no no not like a glades rat at all it's yeah, great that's awesome yeah dude I'm, I'm so stoked for those snakes um but yeah gotta gotta be picky and choosy with some of the stuff are the boellens Yes. As as awesome as the internet <laughs> makes him out to be. I certainly think so. Um, I have a soft spot for Somalia, um, you know, the whole genus. And uh, yeah. yeah, they're uh, they're uh, to me, they're they're the king of pythons, no doubt. Oh, really? So you, you think they're they're the kingpins, huh? I think so. They're just they're just different and yeah. uh you know maybe just to me but they're they're really really special animals they're uh yeah it's just it's kind of hard to describe and um <laughs> they're they're just the a, a scrub python with no insecurities and um <laughs> do not at least the ones i've interacted with um just really don't look at humans as much of a, as a threat and um you know they're i don't know there's just something special to them for sure you seem almost like the anti-scrub kind of like how like you have king snakes right and you've got the really shitty ones the floridas and stuff and then you've got 
the Texas stuff, but they're not like the Texas stuff is not like the Getula stuff. It's not, they're not at least from what I've kept over the years, like they're not finger eaters, relatively mellow, you know? And so these seem to almost fit that same bill for Somalia in that like, yeah, they're in the same, same genus as scrubs, but they, they don't seem to be scrubbish if that makes sense yeah they're they're definitely not scrub pythons um yeah i i i not that i don't think they belong in somalia but i also don't think they belong in somalia you know what i mean like i see why they're there but like to me they just they they should be in a class of their, their own, own thing and, like it's there's nothing like them you know yeah yeah i yeah uh, yeah i certainly agree um you know that stuff's all well above my pay grade that's for sure but <laughs> yeah, um yeah they they just seem different you know? yeah yeah because they're they're a little bit they're not as long as scrubs right and they're a little bit heavier bodied is that is that accurate yeah i mean they can certainly get pretty long not as long as some of the huge bar necks you see um right. James's were right around eight, nine feet um, and more heavily bodied than, um, you know, some of the adult scrubs I've, I've played with. But yeah. um, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know. I, I got to see it for myself. So I've, I've been lucky to raise up some young scrubs up to close to adulthood and um, really grateful the opportunity to be able to raise a young pair of bull ones. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how they they compare over time. How how big are your bowlins currently? Um, the female is a little older than the male. Um, they're allegedly from unrelated clutches. Um, so she's right around two and a half, three feet, and uh, the male's a little bit smaller than that. But yeah, okay. they're, so, yeah they're, they're quite they're, young. Yeah, they're still young. That's and how awesome, are you man. keeping those in comparison to like the class Delepis and some of the other stuff in the room? Um, pretty similarly. Um, that being said, I reduce their basking times. Uh, they're under heat panels right now, but once I bump them up to cage size, they'll uh, I'll put them under basking bulbs, just because they're so geared towards the heat, and you know they certainly seek it out when it's available and take advantage of it and they retain heat like and no other python that i've dealt with um so I, I give them basking for four to five hours a day and uh the other you know 19 18 hours is you know at whatever the ambient room temperature will be so i have two snake rooms i've you know the one snake room that all the chondros the emeralds uh, the malukins the you know the rat snakes etc are in and then i have this other room that i built that's completely uninsulated um two of the four walls are my foundation walls in my basement so it certainly gets a lot colder and um you know cools down quicker than the the balance of the basement so um i keep them in the cold room and i kind of plan on cycling them from the age that they're at now just like i have the diamonds and cycle them as if they're adults and i'm kind of mirroring what i'm doing with the diamonds with the with the bones and see i personally that's a, 
that thought process has always kind of been my thought process, especially with some of the stuff that aim, you know, aim the mic more, more towards you. Oh, some of the stuff that's a little bit go. more complicated, I guess, or you know, quote unquote, harder to breed. I think a lot of it goes into you know, people don't cycle them their entire lives or they don't cycle them at all until they're adults and they think they can breed. And then they're going to start cycling, you know, with stuff like rat snakes. Yeah, that might fly. It obviously does. People have problems doing it. But I think stuff that's a little bit more, you know, advanced or complicated per se, you know, Malukins, Bolins, you know, stuff like that. I think starting that process at a very young age will do, you know, leaps and bounds for, you know, breeding down the road. I think that's, that's a huge thing for them. You know, at least that's always been my, my thought. I do it with carpets and, you know, carpets get cycled every year, no matter how old they are. Um, and that's just it was what you're taking them off food and dropping the temp a little bit. Well, yeah, but you know, same, same idea. So. I mean, I'm like genuinely. Oh, I, I thought you were being sarcastic. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. With carpets, yeah, I, I let the room temp drop. And then if whenever I cut my adults off of food, I cut the babies off food. Um, doesn't matter how old they are. You know, first first year, maybe not. You know, I'll feed them a little bit more, you know, in those colder times. But, you know, I'll turn their heat off. I'll cycle them just like I do the adults, which with the carpets, you know, I usually leave the heat on, but I let the room temp drop, you know pretty drastically um and then i cut food off all winter for all of them you know i think that that that's a huge part and a lot of a lot of success for things granted it slows down the whole process you know as far as getting animals up to size um but you know again is that really a problem so i don't know subjective subjective yeah so i guess the yeah that's one of the main things i've changed you know since probably the last time I was on is every single one of my snakes, apart from the neonate chondros, they, uh, their night drop is whatever my ambient room temperature gets to, you know, the night drop set points on the herb stats and whatnot are well below what I expect the, the ambient of the room to get to. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, kind of no different for the Bolins and it's get, it's 67 or so down there right now. Um, but I'm sure if I temp gun them, they're still shooting at 74 or 75. Um, so oh, yeah. it, their heat retention is really amazing. And yeah, especially really for, especially for animals with such a small mass, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, them being young animals. Right. But it makes sense for, you know, the type of environment that they live in, right. you know, it's a, it's cold weather, man. So when they get opportunities to get heat and absorb it, they, they got to do it better than anything else would, you know? Um, so it makes, it makes a lot of sense as to why. I'm curious as to what the, like what's actually going on that would allow them to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like internally what's going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why does it seem that, you know, it's exclusive to the Bullens and I haven't paid close enough attention to it with the diamonds and other very dark Python. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's certainly certainly gets your brain going. Yeah, I think the you know the darkness is you know that's why they're darkness. black. You know, it's like you know I hate to make the comparison, but like around here, the first snake out 
from winter are black racers if you know even go down there yeah they're they're the first things that are out and about you know as soon as they get a semi-sunny day you can be 60 it's the low 60s out but if the sun's out you know they'll come out and bask and then they'll be quick as the devil you know they're they're i flipped yeah. one like two weeks ago yeah. on one of those colder days i was like you know what let's see what's under the tin flipped yeah. it and of course i mean there's almost always a, a racer under one of them but there was one just chilling he took off like they do any other day yeah. of the year you know it's like these things do not care oh. so that, that all makes sense man and it sounds like you're you're think you're thinking it through and i i, I like it <laughs> well yeah I've, I've had a lot of time to think it through i've um i've tried been trying to get my hands on them for four or five yeah. years at this point and uh you know i had multiple deals lined up and every deal fell through for various reasons um so i have had this picture-esque you know of you know how i would keep them how i would raise them and now i've kind of just applied what i've always you know f- figured would be ideal and you know just making tweaks as needed so I'm yeah. sure uh, things will change over time, you know, just let them do the, do the talking for me and, you know, yeah. try and read them and adjust as needed. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, I am uh, super excited to have them. Nice, man. What do you think is sort of the missing the piece missing when, when, with breeding those? Cause I know everyone seems to have their own sort of, sort of theories on, on what they think it is that, we're missing out on as far as getting regular reproduction out of them you know it's it's hard to say um i think uh, a, a variable that sticks out to me is a lot of the success in recent years as uh there's been multiple males used and that's been true for some of the class okay. of breedings in mm-hmm. europe um you know the the bolands breedings in the united states um, you know, in most instances, multiple males were used on the females. So I'm not sure. Is it like they were getting swapped out or they, uh, like both. rotated? Yeah. Yeah. Both. Um, so either, you know, pulling one male out and put another one in or having, you know, 2.1 together. Um, it seems to be a, a common theme amongst people having success. So I think, I think there's something to that. Do and not think... just the Bowens, you know, other, right. you know, pythons that are you know notoriously tricky to to get to go in captivity do you think it's like a yeah i don't know if this is the right word but more of like a, do you think it's a dominance thing in the male like either a the other males in there with them that's like all right you know who's the bigger man who's gonna get her first or you know swapping them out being like oh i smell this other male he's around i gotta get her you know yeah. like is it something like that or do you just think it's competitive driver kind right. of thing. I I really have no idea. Um, I I don't I mean you would think that you know having multiple males in together, you know the pheromones would be flying, but you know it's mm-hmm. hard to yeah. say if pheromones are really what are getting females to ovulate. Um yeah, I I really have no idea. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just, I revert everything back to, you know, stuff with carpets, you know, it's like combating males, you know, can get both of them going, you know, it's not something I've ever done, probably never will. 
Um, but you know, I've heard a lot of people combat males and all of a sudden both of them are like, let's go, you know, smash a piece of rope. Um, yeah. But with Bolins, it's not like the males are unwilling to breed. Uh, right. Most people that have pairs or, you know, a number of animals, they get copulations uh, every year. The, the part where, you know, the stuff doesn't pan out is getting the female to ovulate. I got um, So yeah. I don't know. I, I can't think of a good reason at this time as to why hmm. multiple males would cause a female to ovulate. Maybe it's completely unrelated, but um, it just it seems to be a common theme that, I've, that hmm. I've seen. Yeah. And it could also be a fertility thing with the males, you know, maybe that's something that yeah, for whatever reason might make him more fertile, you know, I don't, so frustrating when we have so little information on like the natural history of them i think ari's probably the only person that's that i know of at least that's put any serious amount of time into seeing them you know in the field and taking as much information and notes as as he can but yeah yeah nearly all the natural history that i've read up on and keep in my back pocket is really around the time of year where they're you know gestating or the eggs are hatching it's you know it's a lot of it's geared towards the nesting and what have you and i mean it there hasn't been a ton of males documented you know even being found let alone uh you know copulations being witnessed and what have you and if they do breed in balls or you know anything along those lines which has been documented in stuff like diamonds and things along those lines it's uh you know just the data is really not there yeah that's really cool man i'm i'm excited i'm really when i heard you're getting them i was like if somebody's gonna do it it's gonna be all andy so i'm i'm excited to see what you can make happen with those things man it's gonna be it's gonna be a cool cool adventure yeah well i appreciate the kind words you know i'll certainly uh do everything i can and try try as hard as i can but uh, yeah. you know, the expectations are low and you know yeah. they're just a uh, privilege to to raise up at the moment yeah man that's awesome that's, well it's the route i take is yeah. have high hopes and low expectations <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah contras i'll teach that to you quick <laughs> but on you know kind of the trickier snake subject where are you at with the class of lepis you know or you know, you've had them for a long time now are you at the point of pairing them up you know or what's uh what's kind of the the plan with those uh, i'm probably another year or two as well with them um <laughs> they're they're getting up to size now uh, the males seven six seven feet and uh females oh, wow. right around five or so um mm-hmm. so the female certainly needs more time I'm, I'm confident the male would go if you know i had a female up to size but um kind of just playing the waiting game right now they're they're taking yeah. down medium rats and putting on size so just so they, waiting until they've got to be a good five years old now ish yeah the male is at least five i think i got them in 2018 or so Okay. 2018 or 2017 and um the male is at least a couple wild years older than the female the female was really small uh, when we got okay. her in you know big enough to live in a v15 tub for quite a bit um yeah so yeah she she was nearly you know that reddish tinted you know neonate um i got you that you see so um 
Yeah, they're they're getting up there, but I I raised them quite slow and didn't want to put too much weight on them too quick. You know, although you know it's these days I'm kind of under the thought process that you know you can feed young pythons without getting them obese and what have you. So um, yeah, just uh, playing the waiting game right now. Amen. Have you changed anything as far as care goes with those over time? They've been tweaking um, things. Yeah, I've dropped their uh, basking temperatures over time um, a little bit just because, uh, you know, just getting fine-tuned with my ambient room temperatures and all, but uh, nothing nothing drastic, really. Um, they're about to go into their final adult caging, which is, you know, six by four foot by two foot cages that um, they'll have radiant heat panels to bask under as well as a proper basking bulb. So that is something I'll be changing up a little bit. I'm kind of with a lot of my stuff I've introduced basking bulbs and um, they seem to get into more of a routine on a daily basis, you know, having to leave their retreat or their hide to go up to bask as opposed to, you know, just taking in the the ambient temperatures from the panels. So, um, so yeah, I guess once they go into their adult caging, I'm really interested to see how they they utilize them. Yeah, that'll be that will be really interesting. Where are you doing UV with any of them? Yeah, so they they're uh, the male. I've kept them under UV. The female, I haven't. Um, the male's a lot prettier than the female. I don't know if the UV exposure has anything to do with that. He's a uh, really gold and just you know outstanding and females more brown and heavily patterned um but um in their final adult caging yeah they'll both have uh, access to uv now for their final adults you said six foot long is it four foot wide or four foot tall four foot tall four foot tall okay yep that's gonna be awesome cage man yeah yeah james uh james put them together and you know they're uh they're they're beautiful that's for sure nice that's fantastic, man. He was the first person I hit up about those uh, when I was making those uh, crepe myrtle perches about coating those. I was like, who would I know that would be able to tell me what the safest option was for sealing these things? And I was like, James. Reached out to the right guy, that's for sure. That's right. Yeah. We need to hit him up, try and get him on THP, unless he's not really a podcast guy. Uh, he was on He was on the Condracast, last Condracast episode. You know, however many years ago that was. Yeah, I'm sure he's certainly a porter. I could talk him into it for sure. Nice. But yeah, he's uh he's just built a ton of caging for me. Um so yeah, I'm redoing the whole snake room and everything's going in cages. So it's nice. I'm really excited to finally have everything in cages, um, and let alone to you know, the exact spec and nitty gritty stuff that I wanted. Right. So what size are you going to do? Like, what do you, for the adult chondros, um, what are you, what size is he keeping his in and what size are you keeping yours in with that? I think the, ma- the majority of his cages are uh, 28 wide by 16 deep and 16 or 18 tall. He has some variations, um, you know, just to get that stuff to fit on the wall. But I think that's the majority of his caging. Mine is uh, 31 wide by 24 deep by 18 tall. Yeah. So like a three, a three by two by 18 would be more inadequate for most of them. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love I love that size cage, man. It's it's so versatile for a lot of a lot of different, you know, averagely sized animals. Yeah, for sure. And I my chondros that I've raised from Neos aren't very big, so um yeah, right. it's plenty spacious for them for sure. Eventually I'd like to get my my pair of rhinos, the adult rhinos that I keep together <clears throat> out of the cube they're in and into one of those X, xt3s that i have like the person i'm in yeah i think that would be good the cube works well for those but i i, I don't know cubes like i know a lot of people like them i'm not a massive fan just because they're to me they're just awkward in terms of the size and like finding a place where they fit sort of in my room um i just i i have the one that i have is is a sharp horn cage that i got you know years ago and you know it's 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 fine um it's not it's no black box but over uh, time i've just got like cubes are just clunky to me i don't know they're just they're awkward yeah and for chondros it doesn't give them a ton of usable you know surface area to work with i Mm -hmm. i think so at least um but yeah i i certainly go for the horizontal space yeah yeah for sure that's where i'm at Horizontal space is good for just about everything, man. Gotta gotta give it to him. I just I can't really think. I mean, Am- I know a lot of guys use those for like Amazons and stuff too, which you know, sure, but I just I don't know. I'm I'm right there like horizontal. I'd rather have a three footer that maybe isn't as deep right. than than a bunch of cubes. Yeah. But my room is also kind of an odd shape with that closet and stuff it's your room is fucking weird odd odd setup so cubes don't don't really jive with it very well if i could streamline it more yeah we'd have it cracked (laughs) yeah man you planning on getting into any other species at all in the, the near future here i think i'm out of the species game um well i say that you know we'll see what happens but um you know how that goes but uh i don't know i'm i find myself in this weird spot that uh i I don't want this to sound bad or anything but i i kind of gotten my hands on everything that i you know really ever wanted you know Mm -hmm. kind of you know, I'm not in the chase game anymore, or searching for that next thing. I, I just find myself really happy and content with what I have going on. Um, <laughs> that, that's the goal, man. I mean, so, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I got a good rhythm going on right now. And, you know, I just don't want to introduce much that'll complicate that further. You know, it's, uh, you know, I'm just really happy to, you know, to have what I have. And, you know, I've gotten you know, lucky to, you know, be able to keep what I keep. So, um, really just in the mind frame of keeping everything as good as possible and giving them all the caging and, you know, what have you that, you know, I've always wanted to give them and I feel they deserve. So, um, it's kind of, kind of where I'm at with everything. Very good, man. That's awesome. But I'm sure I'll, there's definitely some, animals i'll be adding you know just expanding upon groups um you know i I think i'll probably want to pick up a couple extra males you know um with the bull ones and the malukins and 
Um, I see myself adding a couple males there. And uh, of course, uh, I need a, a couple really high quality female chondros. That's sick, man. How are you liking those Japanese rats? They're they're awesome, man. They're uh, they're so different than uh, you know everything. I feel like I say that about every species, <laughs> but uh, they're they're just everything they do from the the way they check you out when you come in the room or when you're feeding them, how they eat, and they're 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 awesome snakes, man. That is that's one species right there with like Russian rats that I've never heard someone say they didn't enjoy them. Yeah. Like, I don't know a single person that's ever kept Japanese rats and were like, I hated them. They were horrible. Like everyone I've, I know that's had them. And maybe if they don't even have them anymore, they were just like, they were, they were a blast. Like Billy Hunt had a group for, for a while. And I think he got out of them and he regretted it. Like instantly. He's like, those things were, they were a blast. I think he ended up getting some more, but that was one of those species. I remember the first time we went at his place, he, he was like, yeah, dude, he's like, these are, some of my favorites like they're awesome you know they're the ones he had at least the one in particular that i remember seeing was like blue like that was a was a gorgeous snake yeah 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 i've definitely got a, a thing for snakes that are supposed to be green and you know <laughs> try and make them blue so um <laughs> yeah they're 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 awesome are yours like hatchlings or are they are they older uh they're like uh two years old now have you had them that long yeah, yeah, I got them as oh, wow. little babies, and yeah, I've been raising them up. I didn't even know you had those. That's cool. You and James have been vending some shows recently. How's that been going? It's been a lot of fun, man. Um, we vended uh, the New England Reptile Expo, which is up in New Hampshire. It's probably the first show I've done in two and a half, three years, you know, that I've vended. Um, so it was it's cool to, you know, get back into the rhythm of that. So, um you know, we, uh, you know, we're trying to bring a, you know, a variety of stuff you don't see at every show. Um, you know, captive bred chondros, um, captive bred scrub pythons, you know, not that blood pythons are uncommon, but, you know, a display full of, you know, nice blood pythons and, you know, more stuff down the line as our projects, you know, hopefully pan out. So um, it's been really cool to, you know, be able to explain captive bred chondros and, you know why they're priced the way they are and you know just uh how they differ from the one they saw at the flippers table not too far <laughs> away and you know there's a lot of that um yeah but uh it i know i find myself spending most of my shows educating and talking to people and um you know young chondros and chondros in particular really spark people's interests especially you know people who aren't into snakes really and mm -hmm. so it, it's been really cool man it's uh so we uh did that new hampshire show and now we're kind of on the, the circuit the vendor list for uh, all the shows that the, that promoter promotes so doing nice. uh, white plains this weekend and uh nice. you know, we'll, we'll see what comes up in 2024 yeah that's sick man. y'all gonna do daytona uh the that's the plan eventually um, oh, james vented a couple years ago right like that was yeah yeah he and tim morris did it um it's just uh really far shows like that you know we're up in the northeast so yeah, it's uh cool. it's a commitment and you know a little bit of risk for sure you know mm -hmm. traveling with neonate chondros you know across the country um you know it really puts them through a lot so um but yeah, I presume when 
we're all of our side projects or non-conjure projects or the panning out then yeah we we definitely plan to do the daytonas of the world and the tinleys of the world so that's uh that's the eventual goal that that would be awesome man dude he's <laughs> he's he's so funny man james every time like i've never never talked to the dude like in my life you know basically you introduced me to him like a couple years of daytona and I still have never talked to him like outside of Daytona, but every year Daytona, he's like, what's up, man? You know, we just cut up for a little while and he's a, he's a trip, dude. He's, you know, it's one of those, like, it's like, you never, you never left, you know, like yep. he's a, he's a cool cat, man. He's, yeah. He's a character. Yeah. James is a good guy like that. You know, you yeah. pick up right where you left off. And, yeah, exactly. You know, Daytona for us um, is you, we make a whole week, week and a half out yeah. of it. And, you know, it's a vacation more than anything. So yeah, I'd hate sure. to, you know, take away from that. You know, it's kind of the, the one week in the year that I take off of work and, you know, look for snakes every night and every day, every morning. And, you yeah. know, it's just a snake lover's dream, you know, that, that yeah, trip dude. we do. So it's, uh, I don't know. I'd hate to take away from that, but at the same time, uh, I'd love to behind, be behind the tables. At, uh, yeah. Daytona. yeah. And Justin, you get a, you gotta look into a Fulvius table table, man. Uh, I've thought about it. I'm, I'm so conflicted on it. Like it'd be, it'd be cool. But then I also like the ability as a show goer to be able to just kind of come and go and leave whenever I want and not have to be glued to a table the whole time. But that's why you have me. I know. We'll but then it's turns. like got to make I, it's just I don't know. I have a love hate relationship with it. Like for the magazine and stuff when we did that, it was great. Um, I don't know. It's just nice where it's like, OK, I'm going to go smoke a cigar and then i'll come back in yeah. an hour like that kind of thing is nice but right i don't know as far as like getting the the brand and stuff out there though it's it's probably one of the best things you can do it's just a matter of the logistics of it all you know yeah. but i definitely want to whether it'll be next year uh i'm not sure yet <laughs> i haven't really decided i'm sure i will but it's tough for Daytona next year. I finally learned from all of my past mistakes. And as soon as the hotel bookings were open, I went in and booked my hotel room yeah. for Daytona. I got a message in the group chat from Danny that was like, hotel, hotel bookings are open for Daytona. I said, all right. It doesn't seem like they right sold out now. as fast the last couple of years, though. Like last year. Last year was fast. Well, this year, man. It seemed like they went. Yeah. real quick yeah yeah this year was they went they went quick and luckily they got you know danny got a couple opened up for a few of us but yeah i went ahead and booked that shit right away mm -hmm. i was like i'm not messing around this year yeah um, i've got some time to i guess decide if i want to do the vendor thing or not because they haven't even opened up the registration yet but yeah. definitely be easier than doing live animals that's for oh, sure yeah dude for sure it's like you know Come on, man. We can load load someone, my truck up. Someone steals something off my table. It's like, okay, whatever. You got a you got a shirt, asshole. Like, come on, man. We can load my truck bed full of full of shirts and ride ride her down. There's just the problem. See, the issue <laughs> with that is is you have so many different sizes, so many different designs, so many different colors. 
narrowing it down to the stuff that because I mean the name of the game is to to come back with as little as possible, right? right. So sort of trying to navigate that and make sure you're offering something, um, you know, because maybe people are going to want youth sizes, which I can do. That's not a problem. Um, but then it's like, how much table space are you going to want to devote to that? You know, like there's one. It's one of those things <laughs> that like you could always you know have like a couple youth sizes. But then, you know, make it to where people can, you know, you can make an order for somebody, you know, and be yeah. like, yeah, we, I'll put you down for this and I'll get it sent out when I get back, you know, type of thing. Yeah, because I've thought it, like that. I've thought about it and tried to sort of do the math in my head as far as like what's a good amount to take with me as far as inventory goes, not even just that, like, because I wouldn't want to just be able to fill up a table. I'd, I'd want to have some stuff on yeah, hand, excess. you know and some of the, maybe the, the more outlier sizes, um, you know, so it's, it's just a matter of trying to sort of figure that out and then figure out the time to, to get that order together before then that isn't interrupting, you know, other orders at work. And there's just, there's, there's a handful of hurdles to kind of, there's there's a lot of logistics with it for sure at the same time having stuff that's sort of ready to go and I don't have to, because everything right now is pretty much made to order, you know, the way I have it set up. So to have some inventory, if I came back with some, I wouldn't really be all that upset because you know, then I could just have it and go, but right. Yeah. We'll see. Well, the countdown is already on for next Daytona. So yeah, I can't, right. I can't wait. Especially after last year being, or this year, pretty much being a wash for me. So, dude, that sucked, man. I was, I, 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 obviously, I was mad, but like, I couldn't imagine you. But, dude, I was, dude, I was so pissed when when I heard about when I heard about that, man. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, especially with the whole crew we assembled and got down there. Yeah, it's uh, it was unfortunate, but that's uh, that's the great thing about Daytona. There's always next year. Oh yeah, man. Always next year. Um, I, it's the one weekend every year. You know, I, I wish I could make a whole week out of it. You know, I, I always go and do so much. I normally don't have time or the money to spend on a hotel for that long. So, but I always try to make a few days out of it. I get down there Thursday and, you know, head back on Sunday usually. It's, to be, it's the right amount of time for me. Yeah. I just like, I go and I feel like it's over so quick and I don't want to leave. It's just it's so oh, fast. Usually by Sunday, I'm ready to ready to be home. That's why I like going Thursday though, because you have like Thursday. I try to get there early Thursday, then you have Thursday evening, all day Friday to just kind of chill, and then it's balls to the wall Saturday and Sunday. So it's I I love it, man. It's not a not another show like it. Did you go to Tinley? I did go to Tinley. I How was uh, that? made a last minute decision to go and uh, it was great. I had a great time. So uh, I will say it's not Daytona, but um, you know, it was a <laughs> great time. It was my first time back in four years. So oh, wow. It was good to be back. And I'm, I'm actually from that area. I was born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago. So it's always, uh, always nice getting back to Mid- you know, Midwest, baby. Let's go. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, it's always back seeing all the, you know, familiar sites and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, it's like a homecoming, homecoming trip for me, you know, when I go out to Tinley. Yeah. So, but I, I went with uh, Pete Lombardi and Sam Pendleton and we, uh, we had a great time. Good, man. That's awesome. 
I've always wanted to go to that show. It's just it's so far for us that I just I, I haven't haven't pulled the trigger. But I keep saying every year I say next year I'm gonna go. Next year I'm gonna go. I actually think 2024 October Tim Lee's. Gonna I'm gonna be, hitch a ride with the cold blooded caffeine guys. I'll just hide out in the back of their van. They won't even know I'm there. <laughs> yeah, they'll know you're there. Trust me. Yeah, I was drinking their coffee all weekend, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, Tim Lee's now. Uh, the October Tim Lee that is is. Uh oh, my headphones just died. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, what was I saying? October Tim Lee is uh, something. Oh, yeah. It's uh, going to be on the yearly circuit now. Daytona and Tinley. Uh, I-, I won't be missing those going forward. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and start making some Tinleys, man. It's just, it's a haul. It's a haul from here. How, how far are y'all from Chicago? Uh, we did the drive uh, in about 13 hours. Oh, wow. So it's... It's pretty far for y'all. Like the too, same though. distance to freaking yeah, Daytona. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Daytona is actually further, you know. But uh, with Daytona, we we split the trip up, you know, drive down to Maryland, and then, um, you know, the next morning leave from Maryland to to Florida. But yeah, the distance between Maryland and Florida and Connecticut to you know Illinois is quite comparable. Jeez, man. Yeah, I and, I still think it's so crazy that for us, you know, three and a half hours we're there. You know, it's yeah, it's nothing. We yeah, we got across the state, but it's, we got we crossed like a tiny sliver of a state. Yeah, true, but still, it's the worst part of that drive too. I hate that. Did I do that drive through like Brunswick and stuff? It's only like an hour, but it just like I don't mind it. I hate that drive through Brunswick for some reason. It just we hit that part of Georgia. And I'm like this. This is the worst. I just I love going to Florida so much. Pit. I'm going. I'm going to Florida again the beginning of december and that's going to be like my fifth or sixth time going to florida this year and i'm just it's like my second home man i love it i just i love florida so much yeah and doing the north to south drive is it's interesting you know seeing all the fauna change over time and oh yeah and all of a sudden the palmettos pop up and you know south carolina or wherever and um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's a good drive. Yeah. It's fun. I drove to when you have air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> when you have AC. Yeah, for sure. Especially in August. Yeah. I drove to, I drove to actually the first time I, yeah, I'll say I met you. It's more of like, I saw you the Northeast carpet fest back in 18. Was it? Yep. Yeah. I think that yeah. was. I think it was 18. I drove, I drove out there, man. That was, that trip was brutal, man. I'm not gonna lie. It was, it was about, it took me like 12 hours to get there, but I drove that in the day, you know, by myself. I drove back through the night and a weekend and, uh, but it's always such a, it's such a pretty drive, man. You know, especially once you get into Pennsylvania and things start getting all hilly and it's, it's very, it's a very different world. At least from this part of the and you can actually breathe up here. You can actually what? Breathe. <laughs> breathe. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool, man. I want to get up to Tinley. I do. Yeah, I want to go. So I'm telling you, man, I'm gonna make twenty four happen one way or another. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Yeah, I, I, I highly encourage it. They're they're very different shows than uh, you know, NARBC that is in comparison to Daytona. 
I I went to NARBC Arlington when I was living in Texas, and yeah, it's very, it is very different. As far as the show goes, is Tinley bigger than Daytona, or is about the same? This year, it felt like Daytona was bigger, um, but I don't know the the numbers offhand. It's so hard to tell from like the pictures and videos because it seems like maybe it's the hall that that Tinley's in. It makes it seem like it's bigger. Yeah, it kind of it's not one giant rectangular box like the Ocean County Center is. Um, mm. It there's a corner, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to, to compare. It's a very different footprint. Yeah. Yeah. Billy, Billy's always told us like Daytona is, you know, it, it's like, like you said, show. it's, it's a party, you know, everybody gets together. We drink, have a good time. It's a party show. Tinley's more business, <laughs> like a lot more, you know, animal sales focused and stuff like that. But, yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. They don't have uh, the bar options and whatnot that uh, Daytona does. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like you know, especially for Southeast guys, it kind of has to be you know to dedicate that kind of that kind of time and money to make that trip. You know, it kind of has to be a little bit more you know sales oriented. You know, if you're in Florida and you've been Daytona, you know, you can you can afford to not make as many sales if you want. You know, if if you don't try for it as hard you know and you know because it's not not nearly as far and all that you know but i feel like that at tinley trip especially for southeast guys it's a it's a commitment man you know? yeah yeah 100 there's a guy up uh here who i get rats from who uh does tinley every year and you know he gets all his displays and whatnot freighted over um he flies oh. on the plane that his snakes travel on and by the time he gets to the expo center, his whole display is already set up and he just has to pop it <laughs> into the display. So, but that being said, having that kind of service is a substantial cost. And, you know, if you're not making your money back, it's, uh, can yeah. be a little discouraging for sure. You know, being out eight, $10,000 for the weekend. So, yeah, that's intense, man. Jesus. But yeah, it's, it's amazing. The, at least me coming to know how down to a science that some of these guys have it and guys and girls you know, it's it's a whole nother level yeah man it's it's nuts it would just be nice to see a table at any show or even multiple tables that had captive bred chondros <laughs> that's become like the rarest thing yeah at shows doesn't matter which show it seems yep so we uh yeah james and i hope to hope to bring that back a little bit is it yeah. mostly like the sort of the, the higher end designer stuff or are you guys trying to do some more of the quote unquote entry level captive bread? I think the entry level captive bread <laughs> stuff would probably do the best at these shows and kind of caters more towards the clientele that's there. Mm -hmm. um, not a lot of people are walking around with, you know, five, ten, twelve thousand dollars burning a hole in their pocket. So um <laughs> picture bringing the super high-end stuff down there but um but yeah i, I think the the 800 to two thousand dollar mark is probably the sweet spot for shows yeah it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of people putting a whole lot of focus onto sort of those baseline captive bread stuff you know everyone's kind of swinging for the fences and going for the the maseratis of of condors and some people just want a, a nice toyota yeah, 
So yeah, it's just, you know, being able to produce those animals on a consistent basis, you know, to continue doing the circuit and really getting the positive reinforcement or encouragement of people actually buying stuff, you know. We, James and I traveled up to that New Hampshire show and, you know, had very reduced show pricing, you know, and um, we didn't sell a single snake all weekend. So, oh, wow. so it, you know, not that I do shows to make money or anything, you know, it's, it's just great to talk with everybody, but mm-hmm. it's not, uh, you know, to put your neonate conjos through that, it, you know, it, it can be a lot, especially for like an overnight trip like we did in New Hampshire and, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, definitely hard to compete when you got those those import tables with the you know three hundred seventy five dollar beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, trying to explain to people why it's 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 not what it seems. You know. Yep, yep. But uh, it's it's cool to be able to educate people on captive bred chondras, especially the stuff with the lineage going back to the seventies and what have mm-hmm. you. There's there's no other python or reptile really that comes to mind that's as well documented as captive bred conjures are you know they're it's just every step of the way for most of these bloodlines that have been around is extremely well documented unlike anything else that you know i i I keep so um that's half the fun in it to me you know yeah for sure man i i tell you i don't i don't know a single person that knows lineage like you do man it's it's honestly so cool and you're like yeah this came from yada 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 yeah. all this stuff i'm like god damn man that's that's nuts yeah so yeah i i get to nerd out and you know i i certainly get really into it that's for sure so yeah that's awesome. i love it. it's crazy to think that if if literally like one or two people hadn't decided to make that a thing way back when that it wouldn't be sort of the standard practice with with green trees that it is yeah yeah i mean if you didn't have guys like trooper eugene or you Mm -hmm. know people with zoological backgrounds you know who who knows what this you know the state of you know designer chondros would really be you know yeah or if tim morris never paired you know the two chondros that he got from trooper you know what Mm -hmm. would this blue line be you know right uh it's uh it's really cool you know and you know guys like me and people who've gotten to conjos recently or fairly recently you know get uh, the opportunity to to keep it going so it's uh yeah. it's really cool there's nothing quite like them yeah and it's important to keep that going man you know as soon as one person drops the ball that's you know it can create a domino effect man you gotta you know you know we're responsible for maintaining the stuff that those guys started you know it's it's important that we we carrying the torch that's right yeah Yeah, and it's you know even just from being the kind of guy i am and nerding out a lot on the history of chondras and whatnot Mm -hmm. out of lines that were developed and got refined and whatnot and just one thing led to another and the line's not around anymore yeah right it's a shame to see that happen. You know, the lemon line's a perfect mm-hmm. example. Um, I don't think there's a single pure lemon tree out there anymore. I think but I wonder, there. though, as many issues as those seem to have, like, would it have really, just because it could have been different doesn't necessarily mean it would have been better? I don't know. I don't know. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the lemon line just seemed, I mean, I wasn't in it then, but it just seemed to be plagued with infertility and, you know, it was, it's hard to pinpoint, but it's just, uh, it, it's really amazing the difference that one animal from one bloodline can yeah. do. Like what comes to mind is velvet being at the barn at Christians. I mean, it is really shot, you know, put calicos back on the map. You know, uh -huh. you couldn't get extreme calicos and, you know, animals from the bloodlines that resembled, you know, the likes of October and Prince and, you know, all the iconic calicos that come to mind. Uh, but velvet is a prolific breeder. I think it's produced five, six, potentially more clutches and, you know, more people now than five, 10 years ago have their hands on really high end calico stuff so you know and you know what dave d and john are doing with the blue line it's it's amazing what a role uh, you know one person or a handful of people can mm -hmm. have and one specific animal you know just changing the course for the whole bloodline and the whole future of the line yeah it's um it's wild and i i mean that's something that i've i've wished that other sectors of of the hobby sort of also sort of adopted was that that keeping track of lineage and i mean i kind of understand why a lot of them don't it's because with chondros like you get so many unique individual animals it makes it easier to do that like with corn snakes like unless you have something that is sort of very high into the right and like interesting and just different from so like everything else you know like i have my my bunch of castanias and stuff and it's like i don't have a singular one that would like stand out necessarily from from the others you know so it's like i could i could keep that lineage together but it's like you just don't have those flagship animals like you do in chondros you know i can think of a handful of corns maybe that you could warrant doing that with, but you know, when you have sort of just generic amels and, and generic classics and, you know, baseline morphs that all look identical to one another, you know, it's just not, not as easy to do, but I think with those flagship animals, some of the stuff that like JT at Silent Hill has, um, you know, the, Chris has a couple animals that are <clears throat> just really, really odd. You know, we don't know exactly what's going on genetically there, but, like those are the ones that I think you definitely like those are warrant keeping track of that stuff long-term um, conjures just have that, that novelty sort of to them where, you know, you can have animals from the same clutch, but they look completely different and they have something unique to them that you don't see anywhere else that you can keep track of that stuff with, you know, there's identifiers like visibly, visibly different from, from other stuff. And I can't think of another species really where that could that could be a thing, except for maybe Amazons. But yeah, it's there's no other python group that I can think of, or you know, specific species in any you know category that you know works like chondrogenetics work, and that the lineage actually does matter, and there yeah. is aspect of predictability you can get from you know getting the right two snakes together, you know, like. Uh, one of my favorite iconic chondros is crazy, you know, um, from daddy pants and Tim Morris blue female. And 
there was Blue Deuce and Crazy in that clutch, and they looked nothing alike. But Blue Deuce was bred one way, Crazy was bred one way, um, and you know the their individual traits, you know, get passed on. You know, they're from the same clutch, but you're not going to get at least I haven't seen, you know, animals from blue deuce that resemble the kind of offspring that crazy's throwing, mm-hmm. you know, the, the crazy look of crazy, you know, and, um, Dave D has an insane, crazy snowflake female and has produced some offspring from that, that, you know, just have that crazy look or, you know, that calico look, you know, is like another example, you know, it's, it really does get passed down, you know, you can recreate that iconic look or expand on it or have slight variations, um, you know, with a little bit of predictability from putting the right stuff together. And to think that, I mean, when Trooper was, was starting out with it and stuff, I mean, you're talking about like green snakes. Yep. And then, a couple decades like here we are with just some of this wild stuff not only here in the states but the stuff that like pedro has overseas and Mm -hmm. and some of that other stuff dude it's it's like if you showed someone like we started here and here's where we're at like there'd be a big question mark right there in the middle of like how like how did you get from a to b like it's just it's wild to me that you get some green snakes that started out and it's just morphed into the stuff like what dave has like I don't think Dave has a has a single chondro that isn't just absolutely unbelievable. Same with John. Like, yep. I don't. I, ugly green trees don't exist, but they also seem like guys. <laughs> it's like they're not going to have a green snake on a stick. Like, it's going to be just unbelievable. Like all over the place, just crazy right. stuff, just mind blowing. I I also think you know as far as like the whole chondro lineage thing, I think that's that's obviously you know with conjures like like y'all are saying it's a little different because you have those flagship animals but i do think it's something that the rest of the hobby like needs to adopt you know especially you know when you're dealing with you know stuff like wild caught animals or you know f1 stuff like that you know i think you know with you know like justin your ladies eye on line of corns or a lot of the you know locality rats i'm working with i think it's really important to you know keep track of all that stuff and make sure that lineage gets passed on to new people, you know, getting into it, you know, and, or, you know, getting this locality, you know, whether it be a chondro mm-hmm. or, a, you know, fucking yellow rat snake, you know, it's important that the lineage information gets passed along and that these people know it. So that can continue, you know, the last thing I want is one of my Pasco County, you know, yellows to just get sold as yep it's a yellow rat snake here you go yes you're not wrong it's a yellow rat snake but there's they they deserve more you know like they're all they're all unique in their own way and i think it's important that you know a lot of people kind of you know follow that chondro aspect and you know adopt that mindset of you know keep keep these lineages, you know, in track, you know, whether they be pure or not, you know, know exactly what's in your animals, you know, some things like, you know, a lot of the morph corns, you know, it's too far gone, you know, there, there's no, yeah. some of it's like, there's no tracking, but that's why when, 
whenever I get a new locality, I make sure I have all the information and I know where they came from. I know who produced it. If they're not wild caught, you know, and, and keep that, keep all that, you know, in mind, man, you know, cause these, we want these animals to, you know, go much farther than our collections. You know, we, we want these things to stay alive and, and to, you know, not just become run of the mill snakes, you know, there's something special to each and every one of them. And I think it's important that we, we remember that, you know, so. Well said, well said. Yeah. It adds a, it adds a story to the snake. Yeah. Oh, it's, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Yeah. Not everyone thinks like us, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is, but yeah, it's, it, it's hard to, to go back in time really with all the stuff that's produced on such scales yeah. and the basement yeah. and stuff like that. But you know, that's, that's why conjures are the best. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't give that to conjures as far as lineage is concerned. Y'all definitely, uh, y'all definitely take the cake on that. There's no doubt about I it. I think carpets are, are probably the same. Carpets. Uh, and Those I would. Our flagship carpets. Yeah, for people. sure. And I would even go farther and say like pop wing carpets are up there. Cause there's a lot of, a lot of flagship, you know, pop wins out there that, you know, because there wasn't as many morphs in them, you know, yada, yada, yada. Not saying there isn't, there isn't flagship animals and coastals and jungles. There 100% are. And maybe it's mostly Benjamin. because maybe it's mostly because I'm in the pop one world more than any other, as far as carpets are concerned. But see, there's a, there's a ton of different, you know, flagship animals with carpets, you know, poster child, Hannibal, um, you know, the, all the VPI stuff, you know, all that's, all that is important. You know, I've got a lot of that lineage luckily, and I'm trying and I keep track of all of it, you know, to make sure I know what I'm, I'm putting out and, you know, to, I'm very grateful to have something like poster child, you know, cause that was, that was not bred a lot. You know, I've got an animal that's 50% poster child and M pen. And, you know, it's, it's just cool, man. There's a, there's a story behind mm-hmm. it, you know, and it's, it's important. That's uh, yeah. I mean, having, having that female from Brahms that's, you know, got yeah. signal her lineage in it. Like, I think that's cool to have a, yeah, know, sort of sure. a, a slice of, Rico's legacy, um, even though, you know, I never knew him, I never talked to him, but to know that Condors wouldn't be where they are now if it weren't for him and yeah. and things like that. It's just, it's awesome to be able to yeah. have that and keep it going, you know. I mean, you talk about flagship animals, man. You talk about flagship, flagship people, you know. Some of these guys aren't around anymore, man. And to, you know, they're, they're smiling you know, or would be smiling wherever they are, you know, just being like, yeah. That's, that's still alive, man. You know, you make those people proud, you know, and they, they deserve that. They put a lot of work into this hobby and, you know, we have to respect that. They deserve it, you know, more than anything. So. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well, we are surpassing the two-hour mark. Do we have any any other any other t- talking points maybe before we close the sucker out when are you going to get rhino rats <laughs> uh you know they've they've always piqued my interest for sure and i'm good buddies with mike curtain and getting to play with yeah. it little babies and whatnot they're 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 really cool but um, i'm honestly kind of surprised you don't have them like they they seem like your your style man 
Well, yeah, when I saw the blue one at Tinley, I kind of <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I, I got uh, certainly uh, more interested, but uh, um, yeah, I, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's see what happens. I hear you, man. Never ever say never ever. Barons, you know, there's no, blue barons, right? There are. There's like what? actually blue barons, you know, and like it, the fake, the, fa- the fake, the fake blue that rhinos try to be. <laughs> they also come in a lovely turd brown yes those are also very I very actually, cool i'm not gonna lie i like the browns are nice. browns are they're all awesome they're man. all nice you can get them with stripes you can get them patternless you can get them green blue brown you know it's you never know. Barons could be the next Condros, man. You start crossing some of those hey, colors, and you know, <laughs> it's gonna pop out, man. Hey, you never know. You never know. Never know. Yeah, if it, if it was one or the other, it's uh, it's rhinos, but because Condro guys can't have taste. No, because you can't because you can't handle the heat. Can't handle it. Off, yeah. You know? <laughs> well this was a great episode man thank you so much for joining us um we'll have to definitely definitely uh keep in touch a little bit more and do do more episodes and down the road man and gotta gotta do our andy update every now and then see what's going on with you 100 percent, man certainly up for it and a treat as always to you know sit down and talk with you guys so yeah, yeah. man yeah man yeah, man, we certainly appreciate it. Once again, this episode was brought to you by blackboxcages.com. You need a rack, yeah. you need a cage. They are the best in the biz. All the rage. Fastest lead times in the industry. Mm-hmm. Quality, what? quality, quality, man. The I best. mean, it is the best of the best. You're not going to get a better company out there for PVC cages. Um, new stuff coming down the down the pipeline. Um, really Damn. excited to really excited to see them. Also, progress. if you have a question about black box stuff, yeah. get ready for this. This is gonna blow your mind. <laughs> it's okay. gonna blow your mind. Wait, wait. You message the page. They'll message you back. You you get a message <laughs> back within a reasonable time frame. That's right. No emails and waiting, no. and then getting a generic answer about when your stuff's gonna be ready. Of yeah. like, yep, you're gonna have one. <laughs> eventually. eventually yeah they're, it's they're, real. they're real they're real people they're real reptile cool. they're reptile people real real good ama- amazing people you know i love going down there to see them they're just awesome people with an awesome company providing an awesome product they're customizable you know they give you a ton of options whenever you check out you know whether you like back heat to the window belly to the wall. heat they're even doing side side doors on their cages now, which I thought was really cool. They're offering the option for you know side like <clears throat> end yeah. doors <clears throat> on their um, on their cages, and it's it's cool, man. They're they're literally the most solid cage PVC cages I've ever dealt yeah, with. You could probably throw one off my like, roof right now, and it'd be fine. They're so solid, like you know, my old cages. I'd have a stack, and you could just kind of like wiggle it. You know, I, I didn't like the wiggle. It would bother me. But black box, no, sir. Saw as a rock. And you know what? The doors don't <laughs> scream when you open them either. That's my one gripe with that sharp horn cube. Is like you open those doors, you're waking up the entire house, man. <laughs> <laughs> things are. Yeah. 
oh my god and everyone's like that too because olsen had some and it was like same thing every time you open the door it's like <laughs> oh my god yeah man silent as a mouse so definitely definitely check them out on facebook and instagram and then you know give them a follow use code check thn to check yes thn to check out save yourself 10 percent off um definitely help you out with that shipping or if you want to pick up go pick up man you know it's worth worth the drive um you can also put a face to the name of the owners you know you will not be disappointed jen and clint that's right best people best people around and once you're done checking out blackboxcages.com, shoot on over to Steve's Sanctuary with Steve's Sanctuary's Venom Hot Sauce. If you are a hot sauce connoisseur, you will not be disappointed in this hot sauce. It's very good. And plus, once you're done with the bottle, you get, a nice, you get a nice little souvenir at the end. You know, a little, little something, something for the snake room. You get the you bottle, know? but you also have the memories. That's right, the memories. Hey, you you will can't make, bottle memories. No. But you can bottle hot sauce. Goddamn right. So definitely check him out. He's a first responder. He's doing a lot of good for the community where he's at. He's a dude does a lot of education, rehabilitation, public outreach, all the good stuff. Teaching all the, all the good people of Louisiana, how cottonmouths don't chase you. No, they do not. (laughs) Cottonmouth sauce will chase you though. To go get more. Yes. You'll be, you'll be running, running back to that bottle. That's right. Every time, Mm -hmm. every time. So give him a follow, check him out. Also, Facebook and Instagram, all that good stuff. And then, last but not least, follow my good buddy over here, Fulvius Apparel. The nerdiest shirts available. Yes, they're great. He's coming up with new designs all the time. It's my creative outlet. They're great, man. Love his shirts. I have a million of them. A lot of other people do. I, I saw I saw Clint's post about your shirts, man. I was like, dude, yeah. it'd be no, so cool if he if he ordered like a bulk of them and we, like we you know start carrying it. them in a shop, man. That'd be so sick, dude. I sent him a picture of, of this one. I was like, dude, I can make this in youth sizes. <laughs> <laughs> Toddler sizes, youth sizes, onesies, I can do it all. I'd put my kid in that. No doubt. People are like it's it's yes. great because people think it's like a mushroom or something. They're like, "What is it?" And like, <laughs> little does he know. Yeah. But so check everybody out. If you're not following Andy, get out from under the stupid rock that you live in. Andy, you didn't tell us, man. Where can people find you? Didn't you? ask him. Where can people find you, man? I'm on Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff under uh, AM underscore Arboreals on Instagram, AM Arboreals on Facebook, or Andy Middleton on Facebook. Feel free to reach out. Always happy to talk snakes. Yeah, man. If you're not following Andy, you need to get out of the dumb rock that you're under and follow him. You will not be disappointed. You won't. You get to see all those condors that I'm yeah. wiping drool off my face over. All That's the time. right. He's uh, staring at my phone and mouth breathing like some sort of weirdo. <laughs> big, big thing, big things to come with Mr. Middleton. We're all excited to see see where he goes with all of his cool cool stuff. That's right. So we'll be back right. for snakes and stogies on Monday. We, we weren't will, having yes. an episode next week because it's like some holiday or some shit. Some silly holiday. Um, so well i think so monday i believe trey is joining us again from cold bloody caffeine to make our unveiling oh i believe i need to actually message him tomorrow by the way i really enjoyed y'all's episode on the substrate 
I, I, I liked it. It's good. Bill had a wait. I was I was waiting for messages from people saying you're the devil because you use pine. <laughs> you're going to hell. No, I really enjoyed that episode. You know, Phil definitely mentioned a few things that I was like, yeah, I never never thought about that. So that's a good thought. It's because here's the box. Yeah. Filled outside of it. That's outside of it. You know, one thing that I actually did to, for this upgrade, I changed. There's a few things I haven't changed yet, but I'm switching everything to Cypress Mulch. I, yeah. And the more we talked about it, it. Got me, it's got the gears turned. I, I may end up switching everything over to that. Too. For me, it's like spill water bowls. I don't worry about nearly as much. And I've gotten big on like providing a rain. You know, for some of them, especially because everything I keep is pretty much southeast. So being able to spray down the enclosure. I think you're also less likely big. to have like with the corns and stuff in particular, they're not going to throw it in their water bowl like they do yeah. with the pine and stuff. Yeah, I've switched a lot of stuff over and so far I love it. So that is one thing I did that I'm very happy about. So, all right, Love we will know. see y'all in two weeks here. Check out Snakes and Stogies on Monday. Have a good Thanksgiving. Please don't get stabbed over a TV. Yeah, don't do that. Be safe. We would appreciate it if we didn't have to hear about people getting hurt over uh, electronics. Yeah, that would be ideal. So, Thank you. Stay safe. Be safe. Bye. Have a great day, night, morning, whatever.